Joining me from the Athletic Buffalo, their senior NFL writer, covers all the NFL, including uh, Buffalo Bills. Tim Graham joining me now. Tim, thanks so much for taking the time to do this with me here in Toronto today. No, thank you. Uh, I'm actually at my mother's uh, out in Amish country, just south of Cleveland right now. The Bills have the Browns game. So let's hope that uh, somewhere somebody's... uh, you know, churning butter fast enough to keep this cell signal going because I'm, I've already noticed they're breaking up. So I apologize in advance if we uh, if we if we uh, have a bad connection. No worries. You sound great to me. Let Let's start there in Bills Country because I was just discussing off the top that there's a wide open competition. That's what we're being led to believe for quarterback for Week One of the Bills opener. Uh, where we stand right now? Who has the edge? Well, that's a great question. Uh, I don't believe it is truly open three-way competition because I don't, or at least let's keep in mind, there are three preseason games left. So there's a lot of time between now and the, and the palm opener or the uh, regular season opener. Um, Josh Allen really hasn't gotten a fair shot. Now, he takes his rotations with the first-team offense in practice. Uh, he was clearly the third-team quarterback in the preseason opener. We'll see how he gets slotted in tonight uh, against the Cleveland Browns. Um, But here's the thing. He can be good enough to win it, and the the coaches are putting him in that position to do it. Um, Like a lot of uh, good coaches or good organizations will do with a rookie, they're saying, okay, go out there and win it, as opposed to we're going to put you in position to set you up for it. So A.J. McCarron and Nathan Peterman, I say they're about co-first-team guys right now. And again, right now. uh, Both played really well in the preseason opener. Uh, Nathan Peterman completed his first nine passes of the game. Uh, There was an interception on his last play, but it was bobbled by the uh, running back uh, coming out of the backfield. Uh, So... Uh, and he had a beautiful touchdown pass to Kelvin Benjamin, probably the, the prettiest play of the game. And then A.J. McCarron comes in in the second quarter and engineers a 15-play drive that took eight and a half minutes off the clock on his first drive. They kick a field goal on that one. But then they come right back, and because so much time was drained off the clock, A.J. McCarron's next possession is a two-minute drill, and they scored a touchdown on that. So A.J. McCarron showed in his one quarter of play pretty much all you need or want to see out of a quarterback. He managed two drives and situations that you really need to excel at, taking time off the clock, game management, and then, all right, let's go, quick strike. Um, And so that set up the Bills for touchdown right before halftime in that glorious situation that all coaches want, getting the ball out of halftime so they can do a two-for-one, something that the Bills haven't been able to do. Uh, in the past. So it's a long-winded way of saying it's anybody's job. So it's open in that regard, absolutely. But Josh Allen's going to have to do something to prove that uh, that it's clearly his. And he has the ability to do that. Uh, He's got that rocket arm. Uh, He wowed the crowd. Obviously, the fans are behind Josh Allen uh, winning the job. Uh, Nathan Peterman and A.J. McCarron are kind of dull. They've had their chance. Nathan Peterman, they still remember him for the five-interception game last year. Um, I should um, – let me correct myself. Five-interception half. Uh, <laughs> it, was, it wasn't even a five-interception game. It was one half. He threw five interceptions. Um, Karen's had his chance. He's been in the league for a few years, so fans really want to see 
uh, Josh Allen. And I think the coaches would want him to win that job because that means he's really good. And they want their first, uh, the, their pick to, uh, to be really good. But uh, I think they're, they're at least keeping the reins on him just enough that it's, it's not quite an open competition, but he's, he can do it. So considering all the question marks, but the fact that there's a lot of great young talent emerging in Buffalo in different positions, not just at the quarterback position, what's the level of optimism like for this season in Buffalo? Is it, is it being contained? Are they excited? Or are they seeing this more two, three years down the road where, in their minds, this excitement's going to finally come to fruition? I, I think that I like to think that I have a good uh, finger on the pulse of the Bills fans after my years of uh, living there and working there. And I really sense um, healthy skepticism in that they they got their playoff uh, drought ended last year after 17 years. They don't have to worry about that. They're not carrying around that burden anymore. So this is almost like house money season. And they, I think that Bills fans are the playoffs this year as long as it is a strong developmental season with – uh, Josh Allen showing some big signs. I think that the fans would get uh, agitated if it's a, all right, let's say it's a 6-10 and 10 season um, with A.J. McCarron uh, would probably be some grumblings. If it's a 6-10 and 10 season but Josh Allen has started uh, 10 of the games and, you know, showed his flashes and obviously he's going to make his rookie mistakes, then I think they'd feel a lot better with it. Um, but you're right. There's talent all over the place. They do have a strong defense. Uh, they have one of the best defensive backfields in the NFL. They already did, and then they added Vontae Davis at cornerback. So he comes from Indianapolis. He's been a pro bowler before uh, with Miami also, and uh, he's been a great player. Now he's struggled last couple of seasons, injuries mostly. Uh, if he can uh, rebound to any kind of – uh, um, previous form, then you're looking at an elite defensive backfield. Uh, uh, Tremaine Edmonds gets overlooked a lot. He's the other first-round rookie. He's the 13th overall pick. Uh, he's only 20. In fact, he was 19 when they drafted him. He turned 20 after the draft. Uh, he has a chance to be defensive rookie of the year. He's that talented. He's he's just a monster at middle linebacker. And they're pretty good along the defensive front. They're not as loaded as they used to be when they had Marcel Darius and Mario Williams and those guys, but this is a strong defense that got a little bit better. And if they can find a way to get it, excuse me, to get after the quarterback, they, they bring in Trent Murphy who had, uh, you know, he's, he's got a bunch of sacks with Washington. He's coming off a season ending uh, knee injury from last year season. He was out for the full year and Shaq Lawson, who, the first round pick under Rex Ryan that a lot of people thought was a bust and, you know, typical Rex Ryan, Doug Whaley pick. Um, but he's had a great camp uh, in competing with Trent Murphy. So if those two guys can push each other on the other side of Jerry Hughes, uh, who's been a good pass rusher uh, for the past few years, they can get after the quarterback. Then I think you're looking at a, the type of defense that if your quarterback do the games, uh, the Bills can pick up a lot of wins just based on their defense. We're with Tim Graham. He is the NFL senior writer for The Athletic. You can follow him on Twitter at ByTimGraham. That's at ByTimGraham. Tim, excluding the Eagles, that's a different situation where you have a Super Bowl, Super Bowl MVP that, that is not going to be your starter technically. There's obviously injuries there right now. Excluding the Eagles, 
A lot of money spent on quarterbacks this offseason and a lot of maneuvers with guys that really have very limited playoff success. Minnesota, Washington. What's the most intriguing story for you in a quarterback situation heading into this season? Oh, that's a great question. I'm, you know, what's going on in Denver and Minnesota are the two, you know, they almost swapped guys, their depth chart anyway, you know, Osweiler and, uh, you know, Kirk Cousins coming in and you just have all these different, I think that Minnesota and Denver are two teams. And of course, Minnesota was good last year. uh, And then they make a wholesale change at quarterback. And, of course, now we have trickle-down effect, as I'm talking about it now. You, you wonder, you know, yeah, Teddy Bridgewater, should he be starting right out of the gates? He's, he's gotten off to a good start with his preseason. Um, you know, th- there's just this, this trove of quarterbacks coming out of Minnesota, and they say, you know what, we're going to go some other totally different direction. Uh, and they, they were really good last year. And then Denver has had this black hole at quarterback, and um, and I'm paying attention to Denver, and I hate to keep bringing it back to Buffalo, but um, it's a, a career that I've followed since he was in college. And that's Chad Kelly, who was Mr. Irrelevant last year, uh, did not play a single down because of uh, injuries. Uh, and they drafted him knowing that he was, he was hurt and had a wrist issue and a knee issue. And he has been electrifying for Denver. Now, keep in mind that that's battling for the number two spot in Denver. But, but anyway, you asked me a question. I think that those two situations, Minnesota and Denver, that entire depth chart at quarterback to me for each of those two teams is fascinating. Um, and to see, uh, we know who the starters are going to be in each spot, but there's so much talent and, and or NFL experience on both of those depth charts. And I think that those teams – if they get into a situation where they lose a quarterback, whether it be for a game or a month, um, those uh, those are teams that could still be in the hunt, and they also have f- fantastic defenses. You know, Denver, if not for their uh, their defense, uh, they they would be irrelevant, uh, and they've been able to survive at least a little bit because of uh, their lack of uh, quarterback play. And then Minnesota, well, when you're able to. Uh, when you're able to get to the playoffs with uh, with the quarterback play that they had last year, I mean it was it was a great story, but uh, the defense is what carried the day. So uh, help me out. Is there another one you want to talk about? <laughs> but I'm just so focused on those two. I, I haven't uh, brought. I haven't been able to even. Uh, consider another. No, to me, I got to be honest with you. To me, it's the Minnesota situation is that is it is completely mind boggling, and and I kind of thought that that's where you might go because you're right. You're coming off a season that almost saw you in the Super Bowl. So, Tim, before I let you go, I got to ask you though because uh, you know we like to make fun of fake news these days, and I'm starting to think that you know a lot of this stuff out of the Belichick Brady. You know, here we are again, the soap opera where the season's here, and you know everybody likes to, to write their stories. This guy's been together for how many years now? 15 years or so. At some point, there's ups and downs in working relationships. This is all fake news, right? This, there's nothing really to talk about here, correct? Well, it, I, I think I agree with that about 50%. I okay. think that it, the New England, uh, the Boston media is so aggressive in a good way. I mean, these are, this is a competitive market, and they're looking for stories, and they find a kernel of something. And it explodes because otherwise it's a dull organization. We've heard about it all the time. Belichick really doesn't ever say anything. Uh, you get to talk to Tom Brady uh, rarely. Anytime he opens his mouth, it's news. So uh, the reporters there are 
are forced to go off campus, for lack of a better phrase, to find their news. And so they start investigating every little corner. And I think there is something to uh, the Guerrero situation, you know, the, the, the trainer there, the, this mystic that Tom Brady sees, and so does Julian Edelman. And then Julian Edelman ends up with a suspension of four games for uh, PED usage. And so, yeah, there's a lot of that. But I'll say what is legit coming out of New England, because you can see it with your own eyes, everybody can, is the receivers there have been plagued by drops. And it's because you have different guys coming in, you know, Kenny Britt, they sign, you know, they go out and they get all these different guys at receiver, which is what they do every year. But with Julian Edelman, uh, he's going to be unavailable for those first four games. Even more scrutiny uh, on this receiving core, this transient group that Bill Belichick seems to pass through every couple of years, um, with the exception of Gronkowski. You know, he's always there and he's always the, the pillar. Uh, but Tom Brady's been super frustrated. He punted a ball into the stands during practice one day. He was so upset over his receivers dropping balls. Um, so Tom Brady and Bill Belichick, you're right. I think they're fine. This, you know, these, these news stories that are going on are overblown about them. It's people just looking for something to talk about with the New England Patriots and Tom Brady. But where you need to look, too, is he can't do it himself. As Giselle Bundchen once famously said, he can't catch the ball, too. So let's, uh, let's see if, uh, if they're able to recover without having Julian Edelman uh, and then beyond that also. Tim, thanks so much for taking the time. I'm glad the uh, the churning of the butter kept the cell phone going in Amish country. So, <laughs> and enjoy the start of the season. We're only a few weeks away. I'm I, you know can't wait for the, the real stuff to get here, and it's going to be a great year. You got lots to talk about, and it should be fun. So, thanks for taking the time with me. I look forward to talking with you more. It's starting to heat up. I'm excited about it. So, thanks for having me on. Have a great weekend, Tim Graham, from senior NFL writer from the Athletic of Buffalo. By Tim Graham on Twitter. That's at by Tim Graham on Twitter.